This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast with Baron teetering on the edge of death. Your eyes are blinded with blood and sweat and you can barely make out this huge dragon hovering inches away from you, backlit by that bubbling pool of magma behind it. And his allies unable to save him. It just takes a bite out of you and then it slashes once with its right claw followed a split second later with its left. His life flashes before his eyes. Did I do the right thing? Did I do the just thing? Will this be the end of the gunslinger? Well, there's one character that's withstood the test of time and has been in every episode. Every episode. The adventure continues. (gasps) Get the fuck out of here! Fuck! (laughs) What? No. What is going on, everybody? It's your old pal, Troy LaValle, and this might be a a true first. A true first! Uh, Let me explain why. First of all, you hear that that fun little Irish laugh in the background? (laughs) That cackling Irishman in the corner? It's my Irish rose. Joe O'Brien, everybody. How are you, buddy? What is up, Nate? What's up, good buddy? How are you? Uh, I'm a little little on edge, Joe. A little on edge. (laughs) Me too, pal. Uh, Again, I like to give a little look behind the curtain once in a while, not all the time. Let people know what's going on right now as we're recording this. It's Monday, January 13th at 6.15 p.m. We just went live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube with some huge uh, Glass Cannon Network announcements. Right, and if you're not on those uh, particular social media platforms, uh, you might have missed it. You might have missed it, so we're here to, uh, to to fill you in on what you might have missed. Right, and that, that stream was roughly 50 minutes, yeah. so settle in. It's going to be about 50-minute intro, do you think? Or are we going to cover it real, real fast? No, no, I. this is what I'm going to say why this is the first this has ever happened. After we finish recording this, I have to finish editing the episode they're about to listen to. Wait, this episode? This episode, you haven't edited done. this episode. No, man. They're going to listen to an unedited episode? It, well, no, they're going to listen to the edited one. I'm going to... Oh, I see what you're I doing. I see what Brian. I did right there. You're Marty McFly'd me. <laughs> exactly. You it's went, a time travel loop. Back to my future. <laughs> uh, no, I've got to edit the episode. So this is, uh, you know, getting down the wire. This releases in less than six hours, but it's just been a long ass day. And this right. episode tonight requires my full attention. Right. How are you going to cut all of my bad jokes in time? <laughs> I'm leaving them all in. There's no time. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm really fired about this uh, this episode you're about to listen to. Oh, uh, come I'm not going to say anything else, but I mean, if you're caught up, I mean, you know where we stand. Get ready for this app. That's all I'm going to say about it because we have too much news to fill you in on. Like Joe said, you can watch it. You can go to Twitch on the VOD. Uh, it'll be up on YouTube uh, 24 hours later tomorrow. Yep. It may already still be up on Facebook. I'm not 100% sure. But if you want to watch that, we we gab for about 50 minutes. And we'll probably give you more details than we're, what we're about to give you right now. Yes, obviously. Uh, it can, well, the thought behind everything is what you'll get uh, if you watch that. And I think that's important. Uh, more I'm important, a, yeah. I'm a story guy. You I are? like the story of where things come from. And so 
So that's what you'll get there. Here, you'll get the Cliff Notes version. Nuts and bolts. Nuts what and get. bolts. Well, let me get right to it. The, one of the first things we talked about is the next three cities on our tour. Obviously, we're going to be in D.C. next week. There are still tickets available for that yep. D.C. show. And we announced Boston and New York, Gramercy Theater, and, of course, uh, then... Milwaukee and Chicago. Milwaukee and Chicago, Excited right? for those. Chicago sold out. Milwaukee's still available. Still available. That's a but, big But, I mean, getting theater, close. Yeah, getting close. I, I didn't think we had any chance of selling that out. We've actually sold a ton of tickets. Oh, yeah. Today. It's looking like it's going to sell out. You know why a lot of people that missed out on the Chicago show are getting the Milwaukee tickets? Yes. Which is smart. <laughs> well, let me tell you about May and June. Wednesday, May 20th. We're coming to Portland, Oregon, the Doug Fur Lounge. Portland is where Praise Log began that's, last year. That's where it all started. But why a Wednesday, you know, Troy? We talked about it on the, on the stream. What a weird day. It's, it's just so middle of the week. Really? What a great way to get over the hump, though. But the reason we're doing it on a Wednesday is because two days later, Friday, May 22nd, during PaizoCon, we're going to Seattle, baby. We're going to Seattle, babe. Neptune Theater. We're doing it on a Friday this year, Wednesday, Portland, Oregon, uh, at the Doug Fur Lounge. Friday, May 22nd, Neptune Theater. And then we're going to be at PaizoCon all weekend just hanging and banging. <laughs> you know old Hawk Raven and Chase and Orphan Punch are probably going to come along too. Who <laughs> knows? Better. We don't even started talking about that stuff. But I mean, please, come on out to PaizoCon. If ever there was an excuse to make a trip to Seattle, come to the live show. Hell, drive down to Portland. We're going to be renting a car and throwing a bunch of idiots in a van while we drive from city to city. Come <laughs> see that live show. Come hang out at the Glass Cannon Room at PaizoCon. Let's talk about June. Let's talk about a little day in June I call Saturday, June 20th. We're coming to Columbus, Ohio, babies. Oh, yeah. During Origins, which Origins, you're really excited which about. Which I have been to and you never have. Never I'm excited to, to take you to your first Origins experience, and we're wrapping it in with a nice little glass cannon live. Oh, glass cannon live at the Newport Music Hall in Columbus, Ohio. I know nothing about it. I'm excited to go. O-H-I-O, baby. That is going to be fun. <laughs> that is going to be fun. I have thoroughly enjoyed Columbus when I've been there. I think... Uh, Going with a combo of Origins and our live show, it's going to make it all the better. I can't wait. Moving on to more news. Uh, and by the way, more cities are going to be announced uh, throughout the end of the year. Cities that we've never hit before, but that's all we're giving you right now. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned this on social media. I put up a post on our blog. Uh, if you haven't followed that, we are hiring for the first time ever. We are looking for employee one of the Glass Cannon Network. There are a bunch of qualifications online that uh, you should check out before you submit your resume. And uh, yeah, give that a look because this is a very, very exciting thing for us. Because of the strength of our Patreon, we are able to bring on employee one. Yes, you guys. I mean, this is something I said in the video, but I can't stress enough how much all of our patrons, and not just those on Patreon, but also those of you that have uh, bought stuff on our merch store that that really helped us out there on Black Friday and went and grabbed those sales. And anybody that buys tickets to these live shows, you're chipping away at, at, at bringing, helping us bring somebody in here to be employee one, you know, to be the first person that's that's coming in as an actual employee of the network that is employed at the at the, the by, by the kindness of the nation yeah. to be uh, to have a full time job in tabletop gaming. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. It's very, hey, this is a great outfit to work for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. It's going to be hard work, man. Yeah, you might have to get your hands dirty. You might have to get your hands dirty. That is the, that's the thing, though, man. That's employee one work. But, you know, 10 years from now, when you're like, I was, I was employee one, people would all be jealous. Right. And but you know where you're like, telling that story? On a beach in e Malibu. Exactly. In month three, though, you're going to be like, this sucks. This 
is brutal. This is brutal. Uh, but yeah, come on, you're, you're underselling. It's gonna really be a really good time too. You get oh, to wow. travel, go on the road with us. I mean, it's it's for the right person. It is going to be a really really exciting opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Check out the blog glasscannonpodcast.com to see that information and, and how to send in your resume and cover letter. Uh, moving right along, we announced the 50K call. We hit $50,000 a month on Patreon. Just did as you ever weekend. think we would hit 50000 I mean, I know at a certain point you did, but when we were at like 5000 were you yeah. like, well, first there's ten, and then obviously twenty five, and then fifty? Like, is that how you thought about it? Because that's not how I thought about it. Oh, Brian, I'm a dreamer. You are you a know dreamer. That. Every step along the way, I said, you see what we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that, and you're like, you're out of your mind, Lavalley, and here we are. Did yeah, I but see you also 50, said thousand. I don't know. Yeah, well, you said fifty thousand a long time ago, but you said it in conjunction with something along the lines of like, and at fifty thousand, we'll be in the Caymans, like <laughs> you know, and, uh, Glass Cannon Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, do you know? Do you know how much? Fifty thousand dollars. Thanks, cost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, so this was a big thing that we. T- Cannon Airlines. That's amazing. <laughs> this is what we talked about on the stream. Is like we wanted to make a goal that is doable. You yeah. know, doable for us that we're not going to be taking away from the rest of our content because we're too stressed out, and also financially doable to us. Yeah, we don't want to lose money in the endeavor. Right? Can't There's do it. There's no point in that. But also has to be fun, exciting, and innovative. So keeping that in mind, this is episode 242 of the Glass Cannon Podcast. Well, let me tell you something, sisters and brothers. In eight weeks. Episode 250 of the Glass Cannon Podcast will be broadcast live. Live? We're doing three hours live of episode 250, and you know I'm going long. If you liked episode 100 and 200, it's going to bring in elements of that. We're going to get this story wrapped up. We're going to move forward as the March to 300 begins in a live episode 250. And you know what the March to 300 is by another name. It's the March to the end. Truly the end. It really is. And as this thing starts to ramp up i mean i just uh, i said it on the video i'll say it again the energy in the room here when we were doing 100 and 200 i I can't wait to bring that back and then to show it to everybody live yeah you gotta you gotta join us for that it's gonna be reactions to big story reveals about other characters some from the past and some from the future some from the present it's huge and those of you that can't make it or can't sit for that or, or can't be in front of a computer whatever it is like it's releasing just the same as usual on its usual day yep. uh, usual day and time but it's just going to be super long and live so you're going to get this this the feel of that energy i i think i don't know i think it's going to be a blast when we told the guys they went nuts yeah they were all just like that sounds awesome what can i do to start prepping for that episode you i'm know? petrified i'm petrified well yeah you have the most work of anybody <sighs> yeah because it's got to deliver man it's got to deliver but when have we ever disappointed Let's talk about the $75,000 goal. We said when we hit 50 uh, this weekend, we'd also announce the $75,000 goal. If we are ever so lucky to get $75,000 a month on Patreon, we are going to do the first ever Glass Cannon Con. As we should, LaValle. As we should. A celebration of, of the nation. A celebration of the nation. Coming together in the single largest gathering of the nation that's ever happened. Yes. We will be able to fund that, to start that process. Because you have to understand that goes way beyond us. We can't just put together a convention, me and you, while we're doing all this other stuff. Nope. We have got to bring in experts. We have to bring in people that know what they're doing. Right. And that costs costs money and so two and three (laughs) exactly exactly not to mention that the countless vendors and contractors that we'll have to talk to it doesn't matter for you though you don't have to worry about any of that crap we'll worry about that crap you just worry about your clearing your sketch when we get near and close to that 75k goal and then eventually hit i'm telling you troy we're gonna do it 
We will be notifying you how long you have. And it's going to be well in advance. Oh, I, yeah. I would say nine months or so. Oh, ten yeah. months we'll give we you. We want to make a big And deal we'll let it. you know where it's going to be and how long it's going to be and what the plans are. But, you know, generally speaking, I think it's safe to say it's going to be a niche experience. It's going to, it's be, going a, to be focused around yes. partying, gaming, gaming, and live gaming Meeting, new people, Meeting and, new people and watching us do shows. Yeah. We, we joked about it on the stream, but it's no joke. If we do a, a three-day con, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll do a live show every night. You heard it here first. Oh, baby. We'll do a live show every night. I want to make it so that you have to come to this con. And that you have to stay the last day you have to stay until nine people. That really sad day. <laughs> that sad day. That's why we'll do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so then people will be sad on Sunday. Maybe we should flip the script on cons and have that last day just have all the best stuff. Right. Have it go all night long. Oh, I like that. Oh, I really like this idea. I'm going to write this down. All right. Take a note. Go on to the next. Take a letter. Yeah, the next uh, bullet point. I got one more piece of uh, information, the biggest news I'm going to drop uh, of, of all these news, believe it or not. And then we're going to get to this episode because you've waited long enough unless you skip the intros. Which, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, <laughs> the next thing we're going to announce, you know, there might be people on the show that be like, okay, cool. Doesn't mean anything to me. I don't even listen to that show. But for those of you who enjoy what we do and enjoy the rest of our uh, shows. Catalog. Our catalog. I think is the word Thank you're looking you. for. Thank you. It was escaping me at the moment. Uh, we are very excited about this. Uh, we posted something on social media the other day, a very cryptic uh, picture that said 131.20, January 31st, 2020. What does that mean? Well, on January 31st, 2020, that's a Friday night, we are going live with our Starfinder show, Dead Sons, Androids and Aliens, and that show will be live every other Friday on <laughs> Twitch. Oh, baby! We're taking it live. We're taking it live, and not just like, oh, uh, you know, like it was last year. You might have seen some live shows last year. Yeah. You might have seen uh, some of our, and we and we admitted, you know, this was a testing was garbage. You might have seen, hey, it wasn't garbage. Well, it looked like shit. Content was pure gold. Content was great, but it looked like shit. But you're the kind of guy who likes the way things look. I do. People eat with their eyes, man. I like the way things sound. Yeah, yeah. And it sounded fine. Sounded but anyway, great. but it was, you know, uh, we were prepping we were we were in preseason for those of you uh that, that i could use a sports reference for we were in preseason well now it's showtime yeah the real game is happening the real show is happening and as far as i know man we're ready we oh, have yeah. got the set wait till you see this set we have got the lighting wait till you see the lighting i built a computer joe built a computer from S- scratch with screws and nickels <laughs> and, and my laser tools specific i built my own processor no specifically <laughs> dedicated to streaming so we don't have any of these drops we don't have any of this crap like we've had before or hiccups in the in the technology look can stuff happen sure but we have taken our fault out of it completely as much as we can yeah uh, anyway we're going to the big leagues yes and i think you will see if you tune in january 31st 2020 that friday night uh what we have been working on for the past six months Mm -hmm. this show androids and aliens is i think the story is beyond exciting right now there's been a lot of stuff that's happened uh over the past few months in the show that are leading up to some very exciting things and uh just to make things more exciting, we're also going to add uh, some new personalities to the show. We're adding a new cast member to the show, mm-hmm. and we're adding a rules lawyer. Somebody to keep us honest so we can't, because we're going to be live. I can't be like, hold on, i got to look up that rule. I'll be like, yo, what's the rule? And mm-hmm. you'll hear the voice come in with the rule. It's going to keep us more honest, and it's going to allow us to practice with working with a rules lawyer. Because honestly, Joe, streaming is the future. That's what <laughs> we want to do. But if <laughs> yeah. you want to listen to the show, if you don't enjoy watching streams and you just want audio... 
Androids and Aliens is still going to appear in your podcast feed every uh, Wednesday at midnight, like it always does. Or nothing changes. Nothing yeah. changes. Oh, except oh, only that the episodes are going to be longer. Yeah, that's longer. the only thing that changes with a new cast member, and uh, they're going to be even juicier and more exciting. Yeah, and with the yeah, and with the rules lawyer will be corrected on the fly. Yep. I mean, I just I think it's so fun. If it goes really well, I don't know, man. I'm going to have a rules lawyer in Glass Cannon. I'm not saying Glass Cannon live. I'm saying just having somebody correct us on Glass Cannon is so necessary. Sure, you're getting ahead of yourself. I know. We're t- but this high-level combat, I can't handle it, well, well, hopefully you can handle this next episode because we've talked long enough. We can talk for hours. You know that. But please, sit back and enjoy a, a very, very... <laughs> Very special episode. <laughs> really is, guys. Of the Glass Cannon Podcast. Here's 242. Joe, let's go have a beer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There is a lot going on. There is a lot going on with the network. There is a lot going on with the Glass Cannon podcast. There's a lot going on in this horrible, horrible world that we live in. But your old buddy Troy lives in a house now. That's right. A real house. H O U S E. This morning. Is that the biggest thing going on in the world? No, no, but th- I think the people like to know what's going on with their friends and yeah. where are their friends. I live in a house now, Joe. I know. We've, we've talked about it. I just it. packed up my apartment. Yesterday, we had the movers come. They took everything. I loaded up the car. Two nights ago, my wife and baby and I and Kat uh, went out there and just slept on uh, air mattresses. Who's your friend Catherine? My friend Kat. She my, lives with you my guys cat now? Linus. She lives in the house now? My friend Kat. Weird. My friend's cat. No. A very progressive relationship. But today, I had to go clean up. You guys know Kat. Fill the car. <laughs> That's great. With everything else that was there, and then I just swan song. That's it. 19 years I've lived in this city 19 years four months in one day and i'm i'm gone i'm gone. out i've been there goodbye for, food after 10 p. i noticed a certain lightning in the air <laughs> it's <laughs> not true i did order food late last night yeah no you didn't doordash you I, paid 19 bucks extra but <laughs> what else are you gonna do <laughs> i've been there for about a quarter of that 19 years i've seen i've seen you change i've and seen how? i've seen some advancements happen i remember when you moved from the apartment on the third floor to the apartment on the fourth floor and the thrill in your face when you got that patio. Oh, man. And you said, I'm going to get myself an all-weather TV, and I'm going to be watching the baseball games outside all summer, and you never watch one. I know. I did that first summer, and then I had a child and used the deck three times that year. Uh, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it that first year. Uh, did you take the patio furniture with you? I did. I took the patio furniture with me. I got it. That was, that was expensive. That was nice stuff. Um, and I've got a whole backyard now. I've got a patio as well, and I'm, I'm all excited about Is it. Is it brick? The, the patio, or is it just cement? Uh, so there's a there's a deck, and then there's a brick portion, and then it's the yard. Oh, wow. that's fancy! It was the man. yard that sold me on the on the whole house, just because I wanted. Something Wait a minute, for Archer. a house with a yard? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Where are you living, Wichita? <laughs> <laughs> and cattle and everything. Uh, it's wild. It's it's weird sleeping there though because it's so quiet. 
and I just hear everything, and I assume we're going to get robbed like <laughs> oh, yeah, every this, five seconds. The suburbs are actually terrifying. <laughs> they are. It's They're so mu- quiet. When I when I'm home and I like walk my walk my parents' dog, it's. I mean, it's so dark. Right. I live in a, I live in New Jersey. It's the most densely populated state in the nation. And I just assume the worst. Like the floodlight was going off every six minutes last night, and so I woke up two thirty, three thirty. Oh, four, and I'm like, well, that's just a murderer, right? That's no. just a lo- the local murderer <laughs> come to claim his new victim. Hudson Valley Strangle. Us. Hey, so I, I was looking out there. I was turning on lights. It's four thirty. I'm walking around the house, turning on lights to let, make it look like there's some weirdo that's up. I'm like, don't you? Don't You're you come dancing in the me? window? Right, I, was like, I was like Home Alone guy making a cut out dance. Uh, I was legitimately freaked out. I kept out little tiny windows I'm like is that just squirrels what's going on out there <laughs> so I gotta get used to that but, uh, those are your new possum overlords <laughs> <laughs> we welcome our new possum overlords um, hail ants but the reason I bring it up I'm, it's, it's very exciting it's a huge change and I couldn't have uh, got there well, obviously without my amazing wife uh, who works her ass off but without the, the four guys sitting at this table and without Glass Cannon uh, Nation so I want to thank uh, you Grant Skid Matthew and Joe for putting up with me for five years um, and hopefully at least another five. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, are we done? And all, <laughs> all got of his house. He's out. That's two forty-two in the books. <laughs> um, but also, so long, to, suckers. <laughs> I just walked away. It's, and yeah, it's the podcast version of the office winning the lottery. Oh, yeah. Like everybody just leaves that day. He well, paid cash. He's he's out. He's out. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to thank the nation as well. You, you buy our buy our merch. You come to our shows. You subscribe to our Patreon, or you just support us in other ways. Uh, you know, I just I, I want to thank all of you as well. It's very exciting. Um, but now we got to record these because I got a long drive home. So. Um, where, where did we leave last week? I feel like it wasn't a big deal. Not very memorable. Not very. Ending. What was it? Uh, uh, Pembroke and Umlo were uh, <laughs> at the tavern. Yes, that's right. And then uh, Ingrahild. Uh, and, and I think uh, Lork just got his feet back. He just I got his he feet was, back. He barged in the door. Ingrahild is doing a little dance on a table. <laughs> With uh, what is this bit? I don't know. <laughs> I was enjoying it. The bit is there's a lot of characters on this show. Oh, and, yeah, uh, trying true. to keep them all straight is hard, but there's been one character who has withstood the test of time. Tom Exposition. Well, yes, Tom Exposition. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one character that's withstood the test of time and has been in every episode. Every episode. Howie. Um, Howie. Was he in 100? Yeah, he was in 100 if as well. If you logged yep. on to IMDb right now, <laughs> would say Howie. Barry Redheart, in parentheses, 242 episodes. <laughs> how could not you... Not for any other character would it say that. How dare you leave out Howie the Green Stink Scorpion? Every He has not appeared episode. in every episode. He has been there. He it doesn't has, matter. He's not credited. He, but if you went to IMDb, you'd see Howie the Green Stink Scorpion, uncredited. <laughs> Baron is the Noah Wiley. Of the Glass Cannon podcast. <laughs> Didn't Eric LaSalle get there too? No, he no, he left. I looked it up. Hey, real are quick. you kidding? No, Wiley has been in the most episodes at two fifty four. Wow. Second only to Laurinus, who was oh. in two fifty. So no, never. Not. Carter and Carter and Benton had a wonderful, tearful farewell in the park. Benton tried to get away without saying goodbye. Spoilers. Hey, hey, Matthew, don't use your hands to talk to me ever again. <laughs> I was illustrating the beautiful blocking. What is this? <laughs> it's two people getting together in a park. <laughs> Benton's running. Carter waits for him because he's trying to sneak away. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. This is 242, right? I'm getting that correct. Yeah. 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 242. Same episode. If you say it forwards or backwards, if that's something that interests you, it's a 
palindrome if palindromes episode. interest you 11 was a palindrome episode too <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you think you can't own a home, just look at this genius over here. I'm living proof, but watch out for those squirrel motorists. They're coming. What was episode 11? Episode 11 was the one right before 12. I I think Uh, I know it. I think it was four warnings and a funeral. I think. No, I think that was like five or six. No. No, I'm not right. You are incorrect. Well, either way. There's one guy that's been here to us all. Well, Matthew looks it up. Um, Four wanna... warnings and a few. Wow. Boom! Wow. Give me all your bottle caps. I'm really good with the old stuff. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's the new stuff. It's in the middle I have a problem with. Now, listen. Episode 11 is also the, the introduction of We Are Stupid. Really? <laughs> oh. I'm sure we were stupid for no, at no, least no. the first 10 episodes. Episode 9 was. Oh. Uh, yeah, I remember that. That was Gelatinous Cube. We were very stupid. I missed those articles, and we are still very stupid. <laughs> yes, we are. But <laughs> it's not that we don't care. We certainly care. But what I don't want to do is to have these recordings last three hours because we're, we're combing over every single rule. At a certain point, whether it's a home game or a show that a million people listen to, we just got to keep this moving. And so, like, even in this fight, there's things that now, in retrospect, we realize <laughs> we got wrong. We. I'm saying we, Matthew. We all saying, got things wrong. At a certain point, there comes a time where you can just blame Matthew right. and move on. Maybe he's little. He won't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of things we got wrong, but I, in my, in my opinion, I think it all evened out. Obviously, I dominated you, and you are <laughs> obviously I dominated, dominated you. <laughs> Roll over. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I dominated you. It's a full round of cast. I didn't do that. You're not a person, so I can't do it. Isn't that the correct thing? No, you're not subject as an outsider. You're not subject to How the person spells. Dare you try to deny Metro's personhood? <laughs> Did you know about this? I don't I don't think any of us knew about it. Did, did you know about Wait, this? This has come up before, but not with a charm or dominate spell. Because we, yep. but like that, it did. Fetchlings are not humanoids. It has did, come up before. It happened at some point within large person, I think. But I don't know if it was in this campaign or another campaign where it was an outsider and it was like, oh, that doesn't. You're affect, right. You know what I'm talking I, about? It might have been Jade Regent. I, I think. It, I, th- I think it was Jade. It Regent. rang no bells for me. I did not remember. We've, that t- rule we've definitely at discussed all. it. Uh, it came up with Della, and I can't remember under what circumstance. But we did discuss that fetchlings are outsiders, and then sub. Or, but that's but wow. not humanoids. But we never talked about this. Well, I mean, I, it was news to me. Um, but uh, it's it's so long ago, there's nothing we can do about it now. And in my defense, it didn't really change Joe, even though he'll uh, disagree with this, uh, Dalgrith does not get a free action, to uh, not on his turn, to have jumped off. So even though it doesn't make sense to you, that thing... To me? Just, yes. No, it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> That's fair. But, <laughs> but it makes, by the rules of the game, he would have to stay right, on It there. makes sense to all the developers at Paizo who made no, this game. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Otherwise, they would have done something else, Joe. That's so not, I could have taken you into the magma... Specific instance. I don't think they thought of this in uh, 07. Oh, they thought they of this. They put this together. <laughs> they thought now, of this. What if one day a vexing Dodger is drug into a pool of lava? <laughs> that was the no. exact example that they cited that day. <laughs> Long before that archetype existed. Is this like Supreme Court precedence here? <laughs> yes. I, uh, the, I mean, the, the lava thing would have changed the fight immeasurably. Right. The dominate person has yet to actually have an effect on the fight. No, 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 it hasn't. It will uh, very shortly. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but who knows? Maybe you would have got out of there. Maybe you would have got out of there. No, I, time. we don't. Have, I mean, it's been one round since you cast that, right? Or- I guess we'll never know because we have to move on. We all 
have to move on. Stop looking at me, right. you bastard. Uh, this is a time so in awful. life when you just you just have to move on <laughs> to a house. To a house in the suburbs, where there are murderers lurking in the bushes, <laughs> just waiting at every turn. How do you think you? How do you think they'd kill you? I don't know. I, I just assume everyone has a gun. Because <laughs> it's not the city. <laughs> it's not the city. Like everybody has a gun out there, and so I'm just going to get shot. Um, there's nothing I can do. They don't have like farming equipment they could use to kill you. Just put like a hoe. Yes. <laughs> oh no. A sickle. <laughs> <laughs> I got hit with a hoe. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It freaks me out though. I think I'll get used to it, but it's it's strange. I feel like that when I go to my parents' house too. I'm sleeping. I'm like, I need a lot of noise on right now because this is terrifying. But what is also terrifying? is the situation that the party finds himself in. Baron, take it back a moment. You're standing there, and just as you're about to lay eyes on this creature with your sea invisibility powers, it takes an enormous bite out of you. You see it now in this dragon with uh, red lava, like, running through its scales. It just yum, takes a bite out of you. And then it Slashes once with its right claw, followed a split second later with its left. And now you're just, you're standing there, just like teetering on the heels of your feet. Mortal Kombat style. It's like, oh, finish him. Oh, your eyes are blinded with blood and sweat, and you can barely make out this huge dragon hovering inches away from you, backlit by that bubbling pool of magma behind it. You know in your heart, you've been through a lot of battles, you know that if you just took one step forward, you would just crumble to the ground, crash, and fall unconscious. In that moment, cliched though it may be, your life flashes through your eyes. It has to. It has to just flash past your eyes. What do you see? Ah. <sighs> Well, um, I'm standing there, uh, and I'm dipping in and out of consciousness, and uh, it's hard to focus on anything, and I'm feeling the heat of the room now. It's really overpowering, and suddenly the sound of bubbling magna in the room that's surrounding this treasure, keeping us away from it, is replaced with the sound of crackling fire. I look up and I see True Now. True Now is burning. Acrid smoke suffuses the air and stings the survivors' nostrils. The wooden ramparts and palisades that once stood proudly, vigilant oaken warriors now lay decimated, stained chrism by a squall of blood. This is victory. It's an empty, terrible thing. I see dazed town folk and militiamen dawdling about, dumbstruck by the toll. Friends, brothers in arms, lovers, even children, all strewn about the hope spring. Soon, a funeral pyre will consume their remains and leave behind a pit of ashes and a sea of broken dreams. I see his handshake as he draws deeply from the leathery cigarilla. His body quivers as he exhales the gray tobacco smoke. It's enough to momentarily mask the battle stench, but not enough to soothe his nerves. He speaks to no one in particular. Was it bravery? 
or fear. Baron Redheart, the drifter, glares across the city-turned battlefield. Situated atop a hill surrounded by watchtowers and battlements, his eyes meet the horizon just as dusk arrives to usher the day away and welcome the night's mournful embrace of Trunal. A sliver of a moon hangs gently above it all. He lifts his eyes to the heavens to regard this silvery thing and remains transfixed as the stars take their places here, there, and everywhere. His pupils reflect back the sparkling stars themselves as he wonders, Did I do the right thing? Did I do the just thing? Baron closes his eyes to see the barrel of the gun he stole from his father trained directly on the back of a man running away towards escape, toward freedom. Screed, the bastard. He did this, he did all of this, and he deserves to die. Baron's blood rushes from his heart to fill his face with indignant red rage as his trigger finger tenses and BAM! Just as the bullet rips through back flesh, a hand falls upon Baron's shoulder. In one fluid motion, he stirs, whips around, and draws his pistol. Please, Baron, it's only me. Pleads a handsome young man with a scar across his cheek. Galabras, daggummit, I thought you were one of them. Sorry, sorry, I should know better. Are you all right? I'm fine. Fine. Just shook up. I've never been in so much trouble before. Never seen so much death. Galabras surveys the carnage. It's staggering. Somehow I I just assumed that you might be more used to death than I am. You ever been scared for your life before, Galabras? Galabras smiles weakly. I'm always a bit frightened, I think. Sometimes it's all I can do to just keep going. Baron reaches into the breast pocket of his duster to retrieve a rune-covered stoneware bottle of dwarven whiskey. Sometimes I think it's the fear that keeps me going. Keeps me sharp. He pauses, uncorks the bottle, and takes a swig. Wincing, he continues. I just... I've been on the run for so damn long. Not sure if I can keep up this pace. You want some? Baron offers the bottle to Galabras. I had to leave home, Gil. It wasn't under what you might call ideal circumstances. <laughs> that sounds a bit ominous. Saja. Her name was Saja. She was kind and funny and as beautiful as a jewel. The type of woman to make a man do stupid things. I told my parents I intended to make her mine. They laughed in my face at first. But when it became clear I meant business, they damn near disowned me. They forbid me from ever seeing her again. She was noble-born, a a station well above that of our meager little family. It would have been a scandal if I had even tried. When they told me no, I couldn't abide by it. I went straight to the apothecary and I bought some of this and some of that and I put it in their ale at supper time. They drank it down and boom, lights out. I, 
I'm sorry. Are you saying you killed them? Oh, God's no Galabras. It was just to put them to sleep for a while. Hmm. I just needed enough time to sneak into Daddy's armory. So I did. I geared up, holstered up this pistol here, and somehow ended up in True Now. I was lucky enough to find someone like you and Gormley and even Lork. Did I do the right thing, Galabras? I lied and stole and ended up on the other side of Encarthen somehow. I know it's wrong, but sometimes it feels like doing the wrong thing ain't so bad if it doesn't hurt anyone. Hell, I, I think I ended up helping some people today. Gel looks at Baron and looks out over the battlefield and he says... The goddess teaches us that no dreamer is beyond redemption. I sense conflict in you, but also a great desire to do good. I can tell you that I I have faith in your path for my part. Thank you, Galavris. I, I think I only know one thing for certain right now. My name is Baron Redheart. And I'm proud to call you a friend, Galabras Finn. Now let's see if we can get to the bottom of all this. I will be with you, Baron Redheart, wherever the road will lead us. For somehow I feel that all roads may lead back here. You might be right. Well, maybe this could be home one day, Gail. Someday I see you sleeping real easy here. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a little place of my own down the road from you. And it flashes back to this moment as you stand before this mighty beast. And if you're not crying right now, then you have soul of a Capitacaza. <laughs> and the heart... Of a capita casa. <laughs> really got me towards the end there. Uh, yeah, man, go with the old uh, down the road. So sad. I just picture it. I and know. I, that was their thought. Like, maybe we could, this, this place ain't so bad. A little place down the road. This dragon still has several attacks left. Oh, God. Can we just... Can we just do more of that? <laughs> just do more of... There were so many other things in your life, Bear Bear. <laughs> Let's see some other ones. <laughs> what movie does that sound like? It's uh, A ton of movies. I don't know. There's one in particular. I just, it's not coming to me, but I remember weeping uh, at it. Um, you guys see this. All of you are accustomed to war you know what death's door looks like and you see it in Baron's eyes you see that in three strikes it took Baron to where he stands now you know what the situation is the dragon rears up spreads its massive wings 
its tail whipping behind it to lay down the killing blow. It looks around at all of you. This baron is just in la-la land. And it speaks. You are no match for the mighty Tesseract. How you found yourself this deep into Ashpeak will be a story no one will ever know. Unless... The dragon, named Tesherat, cocks its head, perhaps thinking for a moment. Who knows what happens in the mind of a dragon? Lay down your weapons and surrender, and I will spare the dwarf's life and yours. Anything else, and I will destroy him in front of you before doing the same to each and every one of you. All of you will breathe your last breath in Tesherat's lair. Choose. What? Do you do? (laughs) 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 Whose turn is it? (laughs) Whose turn is it? It's Tesherat's. Are we? Oh yeah, he's he's in the middle of his action. (laughs) So are we coming out of? Are we? He's he's. It's a a sort of we're stepping out of (laughs) stepping out of the initiative order here for a moment. It's a really, really, and I love these really. Long free action. Long, <laughs> yeah. long. I love a good free juicy long free. You know, we're making the joke about how you can't take the free action to pull off the pyro Pisces at this drink, dragging <laughs> you to your death. But you can take a free action to talk, even though these rounds only last six seconds, and you could just pontificate. For <laughs> yeah, an hour and a half. Exactly. That's and then, free action. And then do your fifth attack. And then do <laughs> right. my fourth, fifth, and sixth attack. Metra draws the dag- a dagger that she has on her person. And flies down to land next to Baron and tosses her dagger into the pile of treasure. And stand, standing next to Baron. Metro, I won't allow you to fly. You have to stay where you are and drop your weapon. All right, I drop my weapon into... I, can I toss it? Am I close enough that I can toss it into the pit? Or I can just drop it you into the lava. You just drop it right in the lava. You're flowing over there. I drop it into the lava. <sighs> Dalgrith? Dalgrith has a, a holy short sword in his hand, and he just squeezes the blade for a second, white-knuckled, and then just throws it on the ground in front of him. Clang, clang, clang. And he just puts his hands up and a smile spreads across his lips and he's like, Well played. You got us. Jimmer? Jimmer looks like he sees Baron imminently about to die and what his compatriots have done. And he like, he shakes his head, grits his teeth and takes Terminus Est and lays it gently at his own feet. <laughs> lays, his, lays his shield down next to it, steps back and puts his hands up above his head. Thun rushes at Tesher. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that coming. Fatruda! <laughs> that flashback will really go to me! <laughs> Thune 
looks at all of you. Oh my god. And without hesitation, drops his uh, frost, plus one frost wounding battle axe. My god. Tesherat. Can we see Tesherat, by the way? Like you, Matthew, want to take a peek at it? No, I'm like, we're interacting. You're just hearing this voice. Okay. Does he make himself visible? No. No, not yet. So we heard wants... him cock his head? Yeah, yeah. we heard him cock his head. Oh, that's... Uh, you got me. <laughs> He's visible. No, 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 no. Baron was just like, he cocked his head. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Baron was narrating. Actually, that would have knocked you unconscious. <laughs> yeah. He just cocked his head. Nope, nope. He cocked his head. <laughs> Disabled his mover standard action free action. Oh, that's right. Sign talk. If you could see him Except, right now, Except, and if you look head. it up, core rule book 246. Except narration. Pure narration is a standard action. <laughs> Depicting the acts of invisible creatures. Uh, all right, you don't see it. But uh, imagine that look you we would give from a dragon who cocked his head. His head. I, I'm telling you, I don't need to see it to have that Well, just that hearing voice this voice coming I imagine from, from nowhere, like right from nowhere. echoing off the, the walls of the this chamber. And with how close it is to us, I feel like we could feel it like... Shaking our chest yes. Right into our rib cage The voice was hot and booming Tesherat lets out a mighty roar again But Does any of you speak Draconic? I've asked you none this of a few times I of don't speak. believe I do Not in this I can part. write it but I can't speak it. Um, <laughs> it You can tell that it's more than a roar Tesherat is speaking in right. Draconic This As It sounds like a roar to you But uh, any, any of you with any sort of, uh, you know, knowledge of linguistics knows that he's speaking. <laughs> and within moments, you hear the footfalls of several creatures running towards this room. You look, and down the hall there, or the, the cave wall, you see a dozen or so giants. Some clearly fire giants, but some different with, like, auburn and ashen skin. Familiar looking, but you can't quite place them. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. What? Multiple dragons are running into giants. the room. Giants. Giants. Oh, yes, yeah, multiple dragons come running in on their little legs. <laughs> it's like, why don't they just you call fly? us? <laughs> uh, no. Dozen or so giants, uh, some fire, some other. Uh, Tesherat uh, then oh, appears <sighs> and motions to the four of you and speaks again in draconic. <laughs> and you see uh, her pointing directly at them like telling them something very, very specific, and it looks like only one of them understands Draconic. Would you like me to r- roll a hover check? <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't, Matthew. You just fall into the uh, magma. Uh, the giants rush up to you. One of the giants points to you, Metra, and uh, demands that you come down and join your friends. Metra nods politely and flies down and lands next to Baron. You're so polite. As you do so, the giants are already rushing up to you, and things start happening really, really quickly. Baron falls to the ground as a couple of them I rush know. up to him. A few of them uh, gather up your weapons, and the rest just grab you and put bags over your head. Please, my friend, you just stabilize them before you do anything else. Bag over your head, tie around it. They start tying you up, and then all of a sudden, you just boom, boom, boom. You just, they start cudgeling you from all angles. Just boom, body blow, boom, 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 boom. Um, t- I'm sorry, roll I can't leave the room. You're, roll t- you're, You're all t- tied up. You're completely <laughs> helpless. <laughs> you have a bag over your head. My helpless AC up. is 11. I'd like an attack roll. I'd just like to let you all know that I can't leave the room. <laughs> Please, just don't carry me out of this room. <laughs> they try to take you. Metra kills herself rather than leave the room. <laughs> so it's a domination thing. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. The giant's like, did he take a whole round to cast it? <laughs> um, is she a person? 
No, it, it all happens very fastly, just like fastly, quickly. It all happens really fastly. It all happens really quickly in the middle of your speech there, Dalgrith. Bag goes over your head, and you're thrown to the ground, and you, you feel don't that understand they're hog-tying you, and then they just start beating you. A punch oh, here, a punch bastards. there. And eventually, all of you take enough lethal damage to fall unconscious. Metra. You awake first. Before you even open your eyes, all you can hear is like muffled sounds of shouting, grunting, and screaming. You open your eyes, and light blinds you for a moment. It's daytime, and you're outside. You look around, and you see that you're in a small cage by yourself. Surrounding the cage, as far as you can see, are hundreds and hundreds of giants. Oh my god. You realize that you are in the giant encampments outside of Ash Peak, the volcano looming in the distance. They're yelling, they're eating, they're fighting. And you're watching them all, just they're staring at you, they're looking at each other. And as you look around at the various types of giants, you see another cage, similar to yours, maybe 25, 30 feet away. And even though there's all this stuff with the giants going on, there's a human man inside. And he's just staring directly at you like nothing else is happening. And you lock eyes. What does that man say? Excuse me for staring, love. <gasps> Get the fuck out of here! Fuck! <laughs> what? <laughs> but there is just something so familiar about your eyes. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how come everybody got to have fun on this episode? But you didn't send me any emails. I didn't get any emails. Okay, you didn't either. No. All right, we're in this together. We're, we're audience <laughs> we're, participants we're, in this, this one. <laughs> I think both Matthew and I thought you were asking him or Matthew. What I was like, I was getting ready to be like, "Are you asking me?" <laughs> well, he said. <laughs> he says, "My eyes too pretty." He says, "Here's the key to your cage. Yeah. This is the way out." Catch. <laughs> Here's a wand of wish with fifty charges. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this man But he Thinks you look Very familiar What's your name? My name oh, Sorry So rude again Nesta Coin. Coin by name Coin by nature My old dad used to say And who might have the pleasure Of speaking with My name is Metro Metronarn. No. No, is it? One that would explain it. Uh, well, you wouldn't happen to have been related to a certain young woman of similar hue to yourself who was named Delanon, would you? Who are you? Who put you here? Uh, was My that... daughter is dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, knowing Sarah about it than me. I, I did my best to keep her alive, I did, but... 
these people I use the term loosely uh, they're not very civilised are they he looks out over the over the giant encampment he's kind of hanging on the on the cage with his with his legs hanging out you like a mad mardigan (laughs) (laughs) you knew my daughter yeah not as well as I would like but yeah why are you here Oh, it's a long, sad story. But, uh, to cut it short, uh, these uh, folk have been after me for some time, and, well, they caught up with me, didn't they? Oh, I thought he was our fucking jailer, and I, that's why I was yelling, fuck. He was in a cage, Grant. I, I just heard <laughs> I've his never voice. seen Grant. <laughs> like, I thought that was a, I thought that F-bomb was for excitement. And then I looked across, and he was, like, grabbing his temples, and his face was all red. And I was like, I never knew he hated Nestor so much. But I didn't say anything. I thought he was going to kill us all. <laughs> It can't get worse than we're at. I don't have any bad situation. I prefer situation. that, <laughs> Maybe. At least the death would be quick and painless. <laughs> right. No, uh, now t- revise that, that F-bomb into a hooray bomb. <laughs> Drop a hooray bomb. <laughs> An H-bomb. An H-bomb. An H-bomb. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Actually, <laughs> that might be a solution to our little problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah here we go. <laughs> hooray! Have you been here long? I've been here for a couple of weeks, I think. I didn't come here alone. No, I saw there were some others. I don't know where they ended up, but they tossed you in there. Lucky me, eh? (laughs) I can get us out of here. Or rather... I can get me out of here. It would be lovely if you could include me in little plan. I came here with others. I'm leaving here with others. You help me get them out. I'll get you out. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a bargain. Tell me something. Before we... go on this journey together... What did my daughter think of you? Hmm, dunno. She ran a bit hot and cold with me, to be honest. <laughs> Hard to say at the end what she settled on. Are you good in a fight? Yeah. Not bad. Although, uh, I need the tools to maximise my talent, as it were. You know where those are? No. Uh, if you really want the kind of help I think you need, you're going to need to help me to find out where they are. Metro looks around at the giants. Are they? Are they like watching us talk? They're, they're, you know, they, they, they're so, they're, they're in their own thing. They're own doing place. their own thing, and they're watching you. But like animals at the zoo, you're so small to them. Roll a perception check, though. Twenty-three. All right. So your eyes went to the obviously the crowd of giants, and then you were struck by this person calmly staring at you. But you see that there are other cages, uh, maybe forty, fifty feet away from you to the south. Uh, you see a cage which looks like Dalgrith is lying in it. 
uh, and maybe starting to stir. And then uh, another 40, 50 feet away from you to the north, looks like what's got to be Baron, still unconscious in his own cage. You don't see Jimmer or Thune anywhere. Shall we wait for nightfall, or should we do this now? Mm, probably the fewer eyes on us, the better, wouldn't you say? I agree. I work better in the, ni- in the cover of night. Oh, woman after my own heart. Plus it gives us a bit of a chance to get to know each other, doesn't it? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Dagworth, you wake up, and you take in this scene as well. Oh, my bloody head. Oh. He looks around. He can see Metra. Yeah, now if you, you see Metra, you can't see Baron. Baron's too far away from him on the opposite side of where these cages are, but you see Metra talking to this person you don't recognize in another cage. Metra. <laughs> Metra. Talgreath, are you hurt? Uh, everything hurts a bit, but I think I'm all right. He's testing, moving his limbs around, checking his joints. Everything seems all right. A bit sore is all. Have you... Do you see Jim or do you see Thune? Do you see Baron? I can see Baron. I don't know if he's alive or dead, but I can see him. Look close. Is he breathing? Can I do a perception? Mm-hmm. Didn't. I mean, he might have not known he was dying. When 25. They you stare at Baron and you really train your eyes on him, trying to block out everything else that's going on, the hooting and hollering. And you see his back raise and go back down. He's alive. For now. Oh, thank the gods, wherever they are. I don't know if they can get us out of this place, but, but right. at least Baron's alive. That gives us hope. I was just discussing that with this gentleman next to me. What'd you uh, say your name was again? I was, uh, Nestor Coin. Call my name, call my night, etc. Nice to meet you. Dolgrith Deathbringer. Pleasure to meet you. Do- oh, Dolgrith Deathbringer. I've heard your name before. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolgrith Deathbringer. I think you'd be the first one to see me in a cage. But, uh, give you bragging rights at the pub. Yeah. Except when I was a go-go dancer <laughs> in the seventies. <70s. laughs> that one. It was one night. It was one night. I was about to say that does fall in line with the reputation I'm familiar with. Oh, is this you that caught down, uh, brought down a great purple worm of uh, badonchenks? Uh, that was me. I. Uh, that was many years ago. How <laughs> mighty like, have how uh, mighty have fallen, eh? I feel like I was a. M- a mark quicker then. He tries to eye up uh, Nestor. How old does Nestor look? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, Oddly ageless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like, he's he's bald, so it's like, uh, but he's in really good shape. Yeah. So probably anywhere from like thirty to forty-five. You look like you got the fight in you. Is that what brought you up against these giants where you're trying to just bite off more than you can chew? Yeah, it's just telling your friend here. It's a long story, but yeah. We got some time. Well, <clears throat> turns out uh, I fell afoul of uh, whoever it was that's in charge of all this. I heard that I took down one of their lieutenants. So... 
they took it on themselves to send out all the agents they could after me. Couldn't find a moment's peace everywhere I went. A wanted man. Yeah, they were on my heels everywhere. Be ambushed. Drinking hall, gambling hall, I'd be knife out of the darkness. Nothing I could do. Hard to live as a hunted man. It is. It truly is. And I thought, you know, I thought my time with these creatures were done. I thought my... I thought my... My books had been balanced. But I realised that if I ever wanted to have a peaceful life, I'd have to take the fight to them. So I came here in search of... uh, the one that sent them all out after me. And, uh... Well, as you say, bit off a bit more than I could chew, didn't I? So here I am, with you lot. Metro, can you get us out of here? I can. Well, we need to find Gemma first. We need to find Gemma, we need to find our weapons. And can third. I test the cage? And Thune. And Thune. I said Thune before. No, you're like, we gotta get Gemma out of here. Fuck that Thune. Can I test the cage? Just do, I guess, a perception up and down, looking for weaknesses. Yeah. I want to test the fences for weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> they remember. They remember. Uh, 33. Ooh. Solid. All Solid. the way around. Well built they are, Metra. And he's doing it, like, surreptitiously. He doesn't want to be seen by the giants, like, pulling on the poles and everything. And you have to wonder what manner of creature used to use these uh, cages. It's all very Are they large? Awful. Are they spacious um, to us, or are they, like... They're not spacious to you, but okay. it seems like some of the bars are bent a little bit, like large creatures that shouldn't have fit in there were put in there in the past. Hmm. Can I do a detect magic on the cage just to make sure there's not no kind of magical bonding that's going on? You don't detect any magic. Have you ever known me to be constrained by cages, Dogreath? No, no, I just wanted to... I thought maybe before we used too much, I could... I don't know if you could get me out of here and invisible or something. I could pinpoint Jermaine before we did anything else. Interesting idea. I don't have any kind of illusion magic. They'd know you were gone. Best to wait right. until darkness falls. It's a good thing I do. Oh, yeah. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm sure they stripped me of my armor. Yeah, what do I, what do I have on me? Do I have my, my cloak of etherealness? Are we in loincloths? They've stripped you of all your magical items, weapons, and armor. So my belts are gone, too? Like that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> he reaches around. No, they've left us with nothing. Let me think. Let me think. Perhaps we could get out of them, Metra. Maybe we play our cards right with the giants here. They could tell us, even if they don't mean to, if Jim is alive, where he might be. Do I have any idea where our stuff might be? No, when you were taken here, they stripped you of your armor. Um, they didn't rough you up as much as them. They're all sitting on about one, two hit points. Hmm. Um, uh, you, uh, you, you're you, probably at about half HP, only lost to like starvation, as they haven't fed you, um, and fatigue. But uh, you saw them take it, and just it went off into the crowd somewhere. 
while you guys are standing there, a jailer comes by and starts rattling your cages, and they all start getting fired up, and they notice that Baron is still unconscious, so he walks over to where Baron is, uh, whips out his manhood, and pisses on Baron, and the crowd goes crazy, and Baron, you, you wake up to the rush of water over your face. Dogreth just jumps up and he grabs the cage. He's like, you fucker! You're gonna pay for that! Not my words are gonna pay for that! If you speak giant, he said, you're next. <laughs> Better me than him! You're making a grave mistake! You don't know what you're doing! Baron, you wake up and just there's this just a horrible stink on your skin. You touch it, wipe away the wetness. You put two and two together pretty quickly. And you look around, and you see Metra in a cage. And you see Nestor Coin in a cage about 50 feet away from you. His eyes, which are kind of crusted over by being unconscious this whole time, probably even fighting off infection from how weak he was, take in the scene, and they're hazy and foggy, and they see... Metra and Dalgrith, and then he sees Nestor, and his eyes are as big as dinner plates. <laughs> and he doesn't say anything, he just stares at him. <sighs> his ribs are cracked. <sighs> Covered in giant piss. It's ammonia smell covering him. It's normal sized piss. Normal sized piss, but <laughs> from a giant. <laughs> <sighs> Stares at him. Turns away for a moment. Looks back. Funny running into you here, Nestor. My old friend. I'm probably not the person you wanted to see at this very moment. Although you might have been looking forward to seeing me again, am I right? I don't know. <sighs> Under which circumstances it would be good to see you again. <sighs> you know him, Baron. <sighs> I do. What's that about you? Did he say he knows him? He knows him. He's a killer. And a thief. <sighs> I think a killer and a thief is exactly what we need right now. He's the best killer and thief I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm blushing. Wait. Is he the one? The one who traveled with you when Della was killed? The same. <coughs> the one who murdered your companion. His name was Amlo. How could I forget Nestor Coin? Now Dalgrith looks like new daggers into him. I imagine, of course, Baron has told Dalgrith all about this. Before we move forward, <laughs> I need one thing to be clear. <sighs> With the power invested in me by True Now. And the divine power relinquished upon me by Torak. <laughs> I sentence this man to death. 
<laughs> oh man, that may not be the most helpful thing to do right now, Baron. He's just dying, yeah. <laughs> literally dying right there, covered in say. shit and piss. Oscar performance for yeah, yeah. really yeah. good. <laughs> where's, now, my Baron, where's my Baron bottle cap for the day? Yeah. Oh, oh, how about a Galabras bottle? Oh, okay. oh, oh, that's a good one. Well, the gift done. of a second chance. <laughs> Listen, mate, I knew you'd be angry if we ever run into each other again. I knew it. But you have to see things in my perspective. Like, I had to carry out my justice myself. Umlo had committed a crime that I couldn't let pass. But I had perfect opportunity to kill all the rest of you in your sleep the way I did him. I could have taken everything that you had and profited immensely, but I didn't do it because I'm not that sort of person. So, in a way, you owe me your life. In that moment you hear Brander's words echo in your mind. I'm not giving you the gift of life, Ash Peak. I'm giving you the gift of knowledge. Baron. Do you think you can stand? heal yourself uh, I, I don't know if what I had was called rest but yes I just don't want them to see that I still have any fight left in me or else they might kick me down again no I don't I'm not, not asking you to do it now I'm just asking if you can is he still wearing his gloves <laughs> um, would they know that those are magic yes okay um, he is wearing them, or they knew they were magic? Yes, they knew they were magic. Oh, right. I would love to be whispering to you right now with this, but I can't. That's all right. Um, is it a new day? It is a new day. As oh. far as you know, you've lost all sense of time, but every time you were traveling to Ash Peak, it was always at night. I assumed as much. That's the way you traveled around Skiergard. Um, so it's a new day. I'm going to reset, but then bring myself down to one hit point, as yeah. you said. Bring it down to a solid one. A solid one? Yeah. <laughs> Take a hundred. We take a hundred something points of lethal damage. <laughs> um, all right. Once night falls, we make our move. Do you know anything about the layout of this this camp, Coin? Do I? Yeah, I would think you probably. I think have I. I, I, I think I would know like the basic layout of. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. A bit. All right. So, Art, Art, we we have to find a way to gather some intelligence about where our weapons might be. A painfully thin, gray-skinned giant that you don't recognize walks through the crowd and stands right near the cages. As he does so, he raises a wooden staff into the air, and the giants nearby all turn and stop yelling and slow the giants behind them turn and turn and turn and then they all silence themselves you can still hear noise in the distance which lets you know how sizable this giant camp is that you see hundreds and hundreds and the ones beyond that can't even see what's happening in this circle of cages the thin giant lowers his staff and speaks 
stand and bear witness. Six interlopers have trespassed on our domain. The domain of King Titarian and the domain of Volstice, the Storm Tyrant. Oof! Oof! In unison, hundreds of giants slam their weapons into the ground at the mention of Volstice's name. They have stolen into Ashpeak and murdered your brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters, and no doubt had designs on assassinating our beloved king and queen as well. <sighs> he waits for the crowd to come down. A true performer. In the great war that is to come, the armies of the all-powerful Volstus Hoof, Hoof, shall conquer all of Galarian. You who stand here on this day shall be rulers of your own domains, holding land and titles that once belonged only to the inferior races that have looked down upon us for time immemorial. They look down on us. Their time in this world has ended. All of this land which is rightfully ours will be ours once again. We will tear down castle walls, stomp out all of the small folk in our path, and turn their cities to dust. No one shall stand in our way. He turns to the cages and looks at all four of you. On behalf of Titarian, of Clan Brandrick, the first of his name, King of Ashpeak and supreme ruler of the volcano, you have been sentenced to death. <sighs> Cheers rise up among the crowd that shake your insides while also making you feel nauseous. This rumble inside of you. He turns back to the crowd. Who among you future rulers of the world shall carry out the sentence? Let it be me. An ogre steps forward from the crowd, covered in scars. He's missing half his nose, and one side of his head is perfectly sloped and bereft of hair, as if an enormous blade just sliced off a clean part of his skull. On his breastplate is a red bear facing forward on a black background. I, Ragnog of Clan Osvarn, shall carry out the judgment. Line them up, and I'll slice them in twain with one fell swoop of my great axe. And with that, in one motion, he draws the great axe, a size of a wagon from his back, and just spins in place, swinging the blade as he does. The whole crowd takes a step back. A powerful, deep woman voice comes up. Nay, I shall carry out the execution. A female fire giant draped head to toe in full plate steps forward. She carries a long sword and a black shield with an orange raven on it. I, Nimaldi from Clan Rythen, shall take my time with them, butchering them from head to toe in our queen's name, and then burning their entrails as an offering to Zersvata. The crowd goes nuts at the mention of their fire giant god from this... Paladin of Zersvater. 
Don't be foolish, I shall do it. Another fire giant steps forward to plead their case when suddenly a voice cuts through the crowd like a cold lightning bolt. They are mine. The crowd of giants straight ahead of you slowly parts as the sound of hooves approach from the distance. You see that whoever is getting closer, the looks on the faces of the giants turn from grim curiosity to fear as an animal breaks into the clearing with the lower body of a horse and the upper body of a man. (laughs) To make matters worse, this horseman is missing his head. A head that you can see is being held in the hands of this now very recognizable creature. But what's more startling is the rider astride the Savatharim who looks at all of you with cold, steely eyes as she dismounts. No. With skin barely clinging to her still impressive frame. It's Skirkov. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Jesus Christ! I got chills all over, man! Oh my goodness! Oh, well, as soon as night falls, we'll get out of this one. Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.